Welcome everyone to Just Crypto. My name is Vanessa. We've got another great show for you today. As you know, here at Just Crypto, we're all about honest conversations with creators, builders, and artists within the crypto community, elevating the humanity of those who push our community forward. Uh, we've got a wonderful guest uh, who I'll introduce in just a second. But before we get there, I do want to give a quick disclaimer. Um, neither Thor nor myself are financial advisors. Nothing in this video is financial advice. It's all just for your education and for your entertainment. Please don't take financial advice from anyone on social media. You will get wrecked. Don't get wrecked. That's bad. <laughs> and uh, with, with that, uh, I would like to welcome our guest. He's an Emmy Award winner, uh, former special assistant to President Trump, and a Zcash, com Zcash community uh, advisor. Uh, Thor, welcome to the show. Hey, Vanessa, technology poet. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's great. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation all about privacy and Zcash. Uh, we're really going to get into the details. Um, we do take uh, you know questions and comments from folks who are joining us live in the chat. So if you are here watching along live, uh, just say hi in the chat. Always great to, to know who's, uh, who's there, who's following along. Um, to get cool. started, I uh, would love to let folks just know you a little bit more, Thor. So can you share uh, what your crypto journey looks like? Like, how did you get from the point to discovering crypto, to getting into Zcash, to the conversation that we're having here? Yeah, great question. So I was a teleprompter operator in New York City. If you don't know what teleprompter operation is, it's think of the movie Anchorman with Ron Burgundy, where he, <laughs> the news anchor has to read the script that's in the camera. Um, that was my job. And I would do news stations, CEOs, politicians, corporate events, live events, you name it in the entertainment business. I was working for it, including Major League Baseball Network, where I won the Emmy Award. The whole crew did, actually. And um, I was on set for like a boring pharmaceutical type video in somewhere in New Jersey. And the audio guy was a big Bitcoin guy. And this was probably 2010, 2011. And he was telling us all to buy Bitcoin. And I was like, this is probably a good idea, but I never did it. You know, I never got like the, um, you know, it was way decentralized. There was really no third party or middleman at the time. Um, or like a trusted exchange like Gemini or Coinbase didn't exist yet. So fast forward to 2016, um, we had a lot of big clients in New York City and the Trump campaign called our offices and they needed a teleprompter operator. And a few people had said no and we said, yeah, we would love to. And this is when he had like no chance of winning, uh, according to the media. So we went on kind of a nationwide tour with him. It was kind of like a rock tour. You know, he was like a rock star and he ended up winning. And then he stayed loyal to us and kept us in the loop. And we kept doing jobs for him. And it kind of became a really cool opportunity where, you know, I had worked for many politicians and many CEOs, but this was the first time we were kind of like thrown into the fire, so to speak. And that ended up, translating to a job at the White House as a commissioned officer, technical advisor, special assistant to POTUS, um, with which no matter who is the president was kind of like a dream come true for most people. It was like a once in a lifetime opportunity um, that I was very grateful for and enjoyed thoroughly. And during that whole process, I kind of started planning around 2017 
late 2017, early 2018 is when I first found out about Zcash and shout out. I hate the word shout out, but I'm about to use it <laughs> to Gary Grinberg, Gary, the numbers guy. Um, I'm big into like metaphysical and occult and numerology and astrology because I just love knowledge and information and I'm always going down rabbit holes. That's what brought me to Zcash, actually. And he kind of uses numerology and astrology to not only invest in invest in sports matches, gambling sports, but the stock market and crypto. And one of his favorite coins, which was private for the most part, was Zcash. Then he came out publicly saying it's one of his chosen coins. And the, and the reason he loved it so much was because of the founding date energy, the fact that it was founded on the 28th, um, which is the number of wealth, right? So for me, numerology and astrology was just kind of one of the tools I had in my tool belt. And once it checked that box, then it was time for me to do a deeper dive and, and find out more about it. And then I had a job teleprompting with JP Morgan or Morgan Stanley in New York City. And there was a guy there in another room who was working, did an interview or an article where Zcash was partnering with Morgan Stanley, um, which is no longer the case at the time. But Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan were very interested in Zcash and zero knowledge proofs. And that, to me, a big light bulb went off where I was like, okay, wait, Morgan Stanley is interested in this thing? Like, they don't lose. You know, they, they don't play any games. Um, and then more and more people were kind of saying, you know, that the, the financial whales of Wall Street and the old school guys were kind of like, crypto's worthless and Bitcoin is nothing mm -hmm. and Bitcoin is trash. You know, the Warren Buffetts, all these guys. And... Even President Trump said, you know, Bitcoin's worthless. And I said, well, it's not worthless, but here's the argument. It is a public ledger and that is super dangerous. And if only you knew about this solution called Zcash and zero knowledge proofs. Um, so long story short, to sum that question up, after I left the White House, I wasn't exactly invited back to my old client list in New York City. So I kind of had a few other plates spinning during that entire tenure of what I was going to do when I came out. And during that whole process, I was investing in Zcash. I was investing in other cryptocurrencies and NFTs and kind of just kicking the tires and looking under the hood of everything to see what works and what doesn't. And to kind of um, rub elbows with all the builders and, you know, one of the best quotes is the best way to predict the future is to create it. So I started uh, surrounding myself with all these creators, you know, who were predicting the future, um, so to speak. And a lot of the respected minds of brilliance in the space were quietly speaking about Zcash and mm -hmm. Electric Coin Company and the founders, um, which, you know, you had... Uh, Ian Myers and Matthew Green and Christina Garman and Zuko Wilcox. And lately, latest Edward Snowden was part of this founding ceremony. So when I started to look into their resumes and their background, and you see that Zuko Wilcox, for example, is one of the only people mentioned by Satoshi by name in the forums, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of these Bitcoin maxis would go, oh, that's a shit coin. And oh, this guy's <laughs> a fraud. 
And I would say, well, wait a minute. How is it a shitcoin and a fraud if one of the founding members was respected by Satoshi himself? And oh, by the way, and we could link to this in this original Bitcoin forum, Satoshi is talking about how can we implement anonymity to the blockchain and how can we use zero knowledge proofs in this case? And oh, we don't have the tech to do it yet. But if we were to have the tech, a even better option alternative to bitcoin would be available um so that's when you know you can really see who's telling them telling on themselves online because people kind of talk about things and they're invested with their wallets and they don't really realize what happened here and what is still happening here and how early we are so before i go even further on a tangent no this is great I love the way that you've kind of gone, uh, sort of starting with like going down the rabbit hole and exploring. Uh, before we get into crypto, I, you know, just based on the experience, I would love to hear because uh, President Trump was not known for following the teleprompter. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm curious how you felt about that. What was the vibe with, with that? Uh, it seems like a very interesting uh, perspective to have. I thought it was great because it was kind of like the best of both worlds, right? And you need balance in all things. And, you know, obviously he had this, premise and mantra of he's not a politician which he isn't and the problem with the teleprompter is that these politicians come in like robots and just read line for line well he doesn't do that you know we're kind of just there as a backup we're kind of mm -hmm. like ninjas in the background that nobody sees us or knows about for those you know important talking points and for those statistics and for all those things that even though he the guy has a photog photographic memory you know, you can't just remember every little thing. And in fact, the part of the reason we were brought to the White House is because, and you know, this is nothing to discredit the staff at the White House. Um, they're amazing, but they weren't used to scrolling for somebody who was going off the cuff or ad-libbing or, um, you know, kind of this uh, freestyle energy. And we were, you know, we just spent, 10 years working live television in New York City. So we were on our toes, ready to adapt, changes on the fly, sit there and wait, jump ahead, jump back. Um, so that's what kind of separated us from the pack, so to speak, where we were, hey, these guys are specialists. These guys are the best in the top of their game. Let's bring them in. So it was, it was awesome to experience the professionalism and you know, be uh, in the mix, so to speak, in the belly of the beast. Um, so yeah, you know, it was, it was, you know, we tipped our hat to ourselves of like, here was a person who was totally against teleprompting and teleprompters. And we kind of showed everybody that like, Hey, you can have the best of both worlds. Like this yeah. doesn't have to be that robotic, you know, newscaster who just has an earpiece in and is being told what to do type of thing. I think the adaptability that you mentioned uh, likely serves you very well in the, the crazy world of crypto, which every other week seems to change. Um, yes. Let's talk a little bit about Zcash. So we've got, you know, probably a bunch of folks uh, watching now who uh, maybe aren't as familiar with privacy coins. You know, I'm pretty connected with the Monero community. Maybe some of them are watching. Can you tell us, like, what is Zcash? Yeah, great question. So Zcash uses anonymous transactions. Okay, it was a fork of Bitcoin built off the original Bitcoin code, 21 million supply, which I think about 60% or 65% are total mine now. 
but it uses zero knowledge proofs. And that's a privacy protocol where you can re remain anonymous. Um, so we like to compare this. An easy comparison is Bitcoin is HTTP and Zcash is HTTPS, right? So HTTPS is that little lock symbol that we see on the top of our browser next to the HTTPS. That lock symbol means it's encrypted, right? You can put your credit card information in and only you and the party you're dealing with will have access to that credit card. Kind of how the internet evolved, Web 1 and Web 2, we're basically saying Web 3 is going to evolve the same way. And because the masses haven't came on and are, aren't using crypto in mass yet, no one kind of realizes this, right? It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt, so to speak. So when they had HTTP, you know, the .mil, the .edus, it was all computer programmers, kind of nerds and geeks like ourselves, who I can see your computer, you can see mine, everything's fun and safe. And then the world came online and we realized pretty fast, like, ooh, this is not safe. And obviously there was some pushback at first, kind of how there's pushback in the current state of crypto, where they said, oh, well, HTTPS, that's illegal, that's black market, that's terrorism, you know, that'll never work. Uh, fast forward today, it's the standard. You know, you wouldn't be caught dead putting in your credit card or certain sensitive info without that HTTPS symbol. In fact, if you were to, a little pop-up window would come and be like, warning, warning, this is not safe, you know, and it, it wouldn't even allow you to. So what's the difference between that and Web3 cryptocurrency digital assets where even the government and powers that be like Secretary Powell have admittedly and outspokenly said a public ledger is not going to work for us. You know, Powell said it might work for China, but we're not interested in a public ledger because it's not safe for anyone. Right. So it's kind of like a net positive. Just like HTTPS was right. You know, more people are going to use it for good and it's more important important as a human rights issue of privacy and it, it's literally the constitution the u.s constitution is you have a right to privacy so for the people who are saying oh they're going to ban privacy coins it's like well then they, they're going to ban the constitution right and then we're in a, a lot of trouble um so to answer your question privacy coins many are saying and thinking it's going to be a huge narrative and the bull run and we have to make it cool. We have to make it normal. Privacy is normal. It is a human right. And there's nothing wrong with it. And I think a lot of people are being conditioned to, you know, I had a tweet the other day where I'll hear people say, oh, I'm not investing in Zcash because it's going to be banned by the powers that be. Well, you're literally, before the game even starts, submitting to tyranny. And like, that's not cool. Right. So we have to make it cool. We have to normalize it. We have to like talk to everybody like, oh, yeah, that is a human right. And like, oh, yeah, that's totally normal and, and should happen. And by the way, if you approach most casual Bitcoin investors, they have no idea that it's a public ledger where they can be surveilled and that anyone can see their balance history, their transaction history, who they've sent money to, who they've received money to. And when we talk mass adoption and artificial intelligence in the blockchain, look at ChatGBT, look at this new thing on Twitter that's saying 
all you're going to have to do is type in someone's Twitter username and you're going to literally see their entire blockchain history with Ethereum, Bitcoin and all these other transparent coins. And Zcash fixes this problem um, and, and privacy coins are fixing this problem. And Bitcoin was first to market and it's very popular and people made a lot of money on it. So people are kind of married to it. You know, it's almost their baby or their girlfriend or their wife. So they take it very personal and to heart when you start admitting these flaws, right? Imagine you married your wife and you realized, oh my God, she's a public ledger and she's been cheating on me with everybody, but <laughs> I made all this money with her and there can't be another thing that's better. Well, that's how this whole radical evolution of tech goes, right? First, you had AOL. Then we went to Facebook. First, you had, I'm sorry, first, you had MySpace evolved to Facebook, then evolves to Instagram, Twitter. You had Yahoo going to Google and Gmail. You know, these are normal evolutions um, and should be, you know, accepted with open arms kind of thing and should be looked into more. And this whole, the last thing I'll say on this part is, the, you know, this whole maxi tribalism in the crypto space is kind of causing people to be blind to other really cool use take information. It's like, if you are a person who's a student to the game, like your job is to learn as much as possible. Like people will ask me, well, what do you think about this project? Right. And I'm not going to crap on the project. I will admit, I'm like, I don't know much about that project. And I would have to look into that project deeper and further to find out, you know, and give you a valid answer, right? And I think we need more of those honest approach answers of like, hey, I don't know, whereas people right away go, oh, Zcash, no, I heard a few things about it. So I immediately dismiss it and it'll never be, you know, and that's not even being a good investor, right? To be a good investor, you have to be open-minded and you have to be adaptable, like you said, um, to new things and, and new tech on the horizon, so to speak. So, yeah. There's something that you mentioned, um, which just sent chills up my spine. This idea that um, just from your Twitter handle, AI could find out everything about you and highlight in red the things that it didn't like you buying and calculate your carbon score for an additional tax. And I mean, like, oh my goodness, uh, you, that, that opening that Pandora's box is very, very scary. It is. And it's going to take this like cataclysmic event or like this big thing happening where people are going to be like, oh, crap, you know, and it doesn't have to come to that. Right. It's like it's always it's never the person. And I'm going to kind of riff off the Black Swan book here for a second, how he talks about it. it's never the person like ringing the alarm before it happens. Right. It's always the person who comes in after the fact. Right. So it's like yeah. before 9-11. There were people and one guy in particular who was like, you need to make all cockpit doors bulletproof on airplanes. And they were like, no, that's too expensive and that will never work. And like, there's too much red tape and like, yeah. you're paranoid and crazy. Well, yeah, nothing now, ever happened, right? Never happened. And now every single door is bulletproof on an airplane, yeah. right? So like use that analogy to Bitcoin. It's like, we're saying like, uh, you kind of want to be private here. Like, guys, they're tracking everything you're doing. Um, there's people getting kidnapped in certain countries because the cartel can see that they're buying 
coffee at a Bitcoin cafe. And then they're saying, oh, that must have been that transaction. Let's check if it's this guy or the barista is tipping them off like this guy just paid in Bitcoin. And they now track the explorer. I've heard horror stories like this where people are literally kidnapped after buying coffee. So it's like, let's not wait till like this horrible dystopian Orwellian nightmare future exists where everybody has these social credit scores. Let's kind of be proactive and start talking about it more now, you know? Let, let me just emphasize your point here. So what's happening right now, people are spending Bitcoin and cartels are coming after them after seeing what's in their Bitcoin balance. And it hasn't even taken off yet as a currency that people actively spend. Right. It's just not safe, right? And then let's talk about human rights issues in Iran and women in Afghanistan, right? How are they doing their finances or having financial transactions? Um, let's talk about El Salvador, right? Where they're saying, okay, now Bitcoin is legal tender, which means you store owner have to use it. Like they always had the option, but when yeah. you make something legal tender, now it's like you have no choice. And certain and uh, business owners were saying, well, wait a minute, you know, time out. Like, we don't want to use this thing because we don't know what it is. And certain Bitcoin maxis were like, we'll have fun staying poor. And it's <laughs> like, no, like they have legitimate gripes where they're concerned because they don't understand this tech all the way. And oh, by the way, their government and dictatorship can now spy on their transactions and they might get thrown in jail for that because they don't live in an, in a totally free country like other places in the West are quote unquote supposed to be. Um, well, even here in the West, I mean, we've got the fourth amendment, which is supposed to protect against illegal search and seizure. Yet right. if they have your Bitcoin address, they can just do a search online. They don't have to get a warrant from a judge. Like it, it, it makes the Fourth Amendment impossible to enforce. Yeah, exactly. Well said. You know, you just got to keep saying stuff like that and people will start to get it. And you almost have to say it in a non-threatening, non-like maximalism, non-like crapping on their coin type of way, you know, because... I think there's a lot of tit for tat online, especially Twitter of like your project sucks and my project's better. And it's like, no, it's like, we're all in this thing together as citizens and humans. And like our, the fight is way bigger than like what coin price is what and who, you know, is making a better return on investment right now. Like you got to zoom out and think long game and, you know, look at Amazon and the dot com bubble, right? You had till 2010, before Amazon really started to take off in price, right? So to declare a winner in the space right now is kind of being, you know, ignorant yeah. to what is and, and, and naive to what's to come kind of thing. Yeah, and there's something else that you mentioned uh, earlier, which is also, you know, I want to come back to is this fact that uh, we started a lot of these, uh, you know, Bitcoin when it wasn't really adversarial. It was people playing around, trying to figure out, like, could they build something that even accomplished this, that was permissionless and, and uncensorable? And it hasn't yet gotten to the realization that the world is adversarial. And, and I think a lot of the people who are steeped perhaps in the previous view of it are, are still in that uh, honeymoon mode almost. Yeah, exactly. And because nobody... Majority of the people buying Bitcoin right now, you know, they can talk the whole. First of all, you're never going to beat the banks, right? 
that's a naive premise to have. The banks are 10, 20, 30 steps in front of everyone, right? You have to work with the banks. You have to, just like the internet and HTTPS, and this is another thing ECC, the electric coin company, and the folks at Zcash are doing a very great job of. They're making great, you know, and this is a thing that also made me super bullish on it that a lot of the whole decentralized maxis hate on. And what they don't realize is you need balance in all things. 100% decentralization will never work, just like 100% centralization will never work, right? You need a balance. You need middlemen. You need third parties. You need trusted sources. And what Zcash and ECC are doing is they're going down to DC. They're going, they're speaking to the regulators. They're speaking to the um, compliance. You know, Zcash is fully compatible with global AML and CFT standards. Um, the FATF recommendations, the European Union's fifth money laundering directive. You know, you type in Gemini and Zcash and you could see you, if you Google Zcash regulatory and compliance brief, You'll be pretty amazed at the work they're doing behind the scenes to kind of show the powers that be like, hey, this is a net positive and this is an overall good. And because of that, they're kind of being considered the adults in the room in the whole Web3 cryptocurrency space. And to me, that's another bullish indicator. And, a, and, a, and I sleep well at night investing in a, in a group of people who are kind of thinking of all the preventative measures of like how, okay, the world has to have this thing. It doesn't, the world doesn't need this thing. The world has to have it. What can we do and, and go out of our way to make sure that the world does have it? And it's like HTTPS, right? Like you have to have HTTPS, but majority of people don't even know what it is or why it is, right? They just love to use it. And and no one was like, oh, my God, use HTTPS because it's so cool. It's just the standard. And you now know that you have to use it to be safe. Right. So one thing I'd, I'd like to push back a little on is that, yeah. you know, working with a lot of these regulators, these are the same folks who, you know, do the KYC, do the, do the AML and, you know, track you if you spend $600 on Venmo. And that feels very much to me against the ethos of crypto, where people should be allowed to transact without the government, uh, you know, monitoring everything one, but stopping them from transacting with whoever they like to transact with. And it feels like with Zcash being, I'll use the phrase, in bed with big banks to be provocative, that they're mm -hmm. kind of going against the crypto ethos. And I'm curious how you'd respond to that. Yeah, I don't think they're exactly in bed with them, but I think they're kind of like, two rooms next to them and coming out into the hallway and being like, Hey, this is a great thing. And you're going to love this thing too. And the opposite of this thing where everything is transparent is literally 1984 or an Aurelian nightmare where everyone is going to be tracked and it's just not safe and not going to work for anyone. So just how we use, encryption online and web one and web two these digital assets are going to need encryption as well and you know i think there's i forget the number of trillions that are on the sidelines waiting to invest in crypto and it's like well maybe they're waiting for a swiss bank of the blockchain mm -hmm. right maybe they're waiting for this stable digital private place where they can keep their money safe in private because um, as you know, like these big whales and these financial 
tycoons, they don't like people knowing their business or their histories or how much money they have, right? So it's a very important use case and, and tech that is, you know, essential to all of us. Swiss Bank of the Blockchain, um, it has an interesting connotation to it. It, it. it comes with this idea of privacy and security kind of embedded into it, uh, but also that it's uh, available to people who have means well beyond, uh, you know, perhaps what the regular person uh, would, would have. Um, you mentioned that, uh, you know, on one side is 1984. Let's talk a little bit about the other side. So, you know, there are folks uh, like, like Monero who has developers who are targeted by the IRS and the U.S. government departments, State Department, and they're, they're actively antagonistic to any sort of control. What, what does the dystopian world look like if those folks win? Well, you know, it's like kind of like underground punk and underground, you know, niche scenes where it's like, you know, there's a reason that most people didn't invest in Bitcoin in 2011, 2010, 2012, even, right? It was too decentralized. It was too in the shadows. It was too dark. Majority of people like to live in cities where there's a lot of other people around, right? Like we have, we all talk about freedom and things not being fair and the government's overreach. Well, we have, a very good alternative option. It's to go live deep in the forest, right? But it's scary in the forest, right? It's, it's, it's true independence and true decentralization is a very scary thing. And as we all saw in the last bull run until to this day, there's crypto people who are very tech savvy that are still getting hacked and are still getting exposed and are still losing everything on these kind of off the plantation decentralized places where it's everybody fend for themselves and you can do whatever you want and doing whatever you want. You know, we were just watching Yellowstone last night or, or I'm sorry, 1923, which is like the, um, I don't know if you've watched it, but he's, there's like this brilliant quote in the last episode where Harrison Ford, I forget who the, what his name is, but he's like, anytime you get more than 500 people in a place, you need some type of government, right? Because people are going to expose the weak and try to take advantage of them and take more from themselves. So you need to put this government in place. And then those same people are going to eventually use the government to do the same thing they were doing to the weak and vulnerable people. And then it's playing the game of how do you keep what's best and right for you? And this is the balance of the world we're in, right? And, and we're living in some crazy times where there's a lot of things going on now that people aren't really cool with. And they're kind of looking at each other in private, like, should we say something? Should we do something? And it was fascinating for me to watch where it was almost like everyone's hatred for Trump pigeonholed them into being cool with tyranny and like throwing all their other belief systems out the window where all of a sudden they're cool with mandates and they're cool with these lockdowns. And obviously there was a lot of unknowns. And for some of these questions, there's no right answer. But when we talk um, Monero, you also have to look at the tech too with the ring signatures, right? Where you have companies like Chain Analysis that I think were just given a billion dollars in funding that they've already 
been able to debrief decode these mixing pools um where the mixing pools and the ring signatures just aren't working the same way the zero knowledge proofs work and then on top of that you start to look at the you know and i don't really um forget the names but you know if you have a founder who's um or a founding team or a group of people who are saying kind of F the banks and F the powers that be, it's like, yeah, I get you, but that's not going to work and that's not sustainable long-term, right? Like, like we can't be naive to the thing where we're going to, because, okay, 5% of the world is like F the banks and F the powers that be. The other 95% are going to be like, yo, you're crazy. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm scared. Like, I don't know what to do. So how are you going to convince all those people to join your bandwagon when you're already behaving in a way that they don't want to associate with, right? So I do, I do look back to our founding fathers and how they pretty much said F the empire and created a pretty beautiful thing. Um, so I, I still think there is hope for that, that viewpoint to play out, but I think you make a good point that it, it's not, you know, it's, it takes courage to have that viewpoint and maybe courage is not in as much supply these days. It's true. And it's tough. And it's part of the reason I love Zcash and the ECC, because it's like, how can we have our cake and eat it too, if that's even possible? You know, and the founding fathers are probably rolling over in their graves right now for some of the rights we've given up and for kind of how the public's been brainwashed to look at this country, the United States of America, and to look at the founding fathers um, in a totally different way than of what it was supposed to be, right? And I think that's part of this progressive virus, I like to call it, where they've kind of infiltrated the schools, infiltrated the TV, infiltrated the politicians, and there's this undermining um, influence narrative of, well, this country is evil and racist and this country is you know deserves what's coming into it anyway and then it's like well wait a minute there's a reason these firewalls were put in place to avoid tyranny and if these firewalls are kicked down there's nothing left there's nowhere else to go and it's kind of like this analogy of the frogs being boiled where if you throw a frog in boiling water it jumps right out but if you slowly raise the temperature the frog's are cooked and they die and they're in heaven saying, well, man, maybe we should have done something or, you know, when was it right to speak up? What could we have done different? So we really got to think about all these things. And, you know, I don't, I want to say too, I don't want to act like I'm hating on Monero, right? Um, I I'm rooting for Monero. I'm rooting for pirate chain. I'm rooting for all these zero knowledge proofs protocols. I love seeing zero knowledge proofs in the news and make making a buzz on Twitter. Um, and then love saying like, Oh yeah, Zcash is the OG at that. Right. Since 2016, the pioneers. And I think if one does well, all will do well and it's good for the space. Right. So it's, it's a tough debate and a tough conversation because it's a slippery slope of getting into like toxicity and like hate and like, you know, so that's kind of my spiel on that. I, I, I love your vibe. And, and just as you were talking about some of those things, uh, while I, you know, personally very much support you, 
my first instinct was to say, uh, YouTube, please don't demonetize my channel because we're talking about the Constitution and freedom. <laughs> and, and the fact that we've even come right. to this point seems like a big problem. Yeah, there's, you know, I, I think it was David Icke or one of these channels I like to frequent here and there. He like talks in code now where he'll like, he won't say the word. He'll be like, oh, in the country that begins with N and starts with K and the president that had the name with T. It's like, oh, no. That's crazy. And, like, and this is the way he like beats the algorithm and like keeps his channel not getting suspended, right? So, and I think there's tech coming in Web3 too that's going to help us with this censorship as well, right? When you put these things on immutable ledgers and put them on the blockchain. And then, hey, you know, there's another argument of, oh, well, Zcash is transparent. Well, you have the option, right? You have the option of transparent T address or shielded Z address. And there's great use cases for transparency as well, right? When, when we talk about government spending, right? Let's put government spending on a transparent ledger and see where they're spending taxpayer money, right? They'll get a million dollars to build like a skate park or something. It'll cost 200 grand. And it's like, where did that other 800 grand go? You know, isn't it our rights to see where that money went and how it was spent and maybe hold people accountable for that? I think that's a beautiful thing, too. So. Yeah, I love the way you've kind of encapsulated the fact that maybe Zcash can support both use cases and, and very much government should be transparent and private citizens should be private uh, in their yeah. transactions. Um, I did also want to give a shout out to Accelerate Profits. Uh, awesome. Yeah, no, Thor is definitely chill. I'm really enjoying the conversation. Um, if you are in chat, uh, you know, cool. definitely drop, drop a hi. Let us know that you're here. Let us know if you have any questions about Zcash or privacy. I think uh, Thor's got a, a great handle on all of this. Um, you know, I wanted to talk a, a little bit more about, you know, Zcash from a technical perspective and where else do you think it's uh, superior to other other blockchains, other privacy coins? You've talked a little bit about the fact that it has both uh, optional um, privacy and, you know, full privacy, the, the fact that it employs a different technology for that privacy that's more secure. But where else does Zcash shine? You know, it's a, it's a great question. And I think the other place it shines is you know the fungible privacy part um bitcoin we like to say is the original nft um one bitcoin does not always equal one bitcoin this is another thing that we pulled twitter public and more than 50 percent of people got this wrong um why does one bitcoin not always equal one bitcoin because virgin coins are going for more money than non-virgin coins and your coin has a history if it's on a public ledger your, your bitcoin has a history so now institutions and certain powers that be it's almost akin to holding a hot gun or a, or a used gun mm -hmm. on the street where but you can't wipe the serial number off right so the cops come and say hey the gun you have was used in a murder or, hey, that Bitcoin you have in your ledger was actually used on the dark web for a pedophile ring. And you're saying, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I didn't I didn't use it. OK, well, now prove it. You know, so now you're in a very mm -hmm. situation. Um, but the NU5 upgrade, too, and the NU5 upgrade got rid of the trusted setup. So it was, I think, the sixth major upgrade. Um in the halo arc suite and it's basically 
you know, this continued, hold on, as a, as a plane goes by, um, this continued evolution of ZK Snark technology. And I actually just asked ChatGBT um, about the NU5 upgrade to see. And I said, I said, ChatGBT, what's this NU5 upgrade? And it says the, the network NU5 is a major upgrade for Zcash cryptocurrency. It includes a number of improvements to the Zcash protocol, as well as changes to the network's consensus rules and features. And some of the key changes that have taken place is the implementation of this Halo 2 proving system, where this new proving system will improve the scalability and security of the Zcash network, making it possible to support more transactions and improve privacy. Um, they also got rid of this trusted setup. So if you Google, you know, one of the gripes on Zcash was this ceremony and how could you trust it? Well, the trusted setup with Zcash you know, they've changed the entire game. Um, it's entered this new era with this Halo system, which is facilitating, you know, this this um, digital cash payments on mobile phones. You have this Zingo wallet now, the Nighthawk wallet now. Um, obviously, you know, you could go see Edward Snowden's Twitter where he participated in this, um, this, this ceremony. And there's a really good uh, radio labs podcast on the ceremony if you guys want to watch it but basically there this awesome ceremony that happened they removed the reliance on this complex setup of the past so using the halo proving system in this protocol it allows zcash users to make private trustless digital cash payments on their phone or from their you know their laptop or desktop and it's made possible through these unified addresses, which it re basically removes the need to juggle multiple address types. Um, so I'm like not the most tech savvy person. And I try to, as far as cryptography, right? Like I don't want to pretend like I'm a cryptographer or I'm as brilliant as some of these minds from MIT and John Hopkins um, that I respect so much and that have led me to investing. But these are some things you need to look into if you don't know about them. You need to look into the NU5 upgrade. Um, you need to look into the Halo 2. So these are all things if you're new to Zcash, you should Google and you should also search on Twitter. Um, to me, I prefer the search function on Twitter many times to the search function on Google. You might have to look through a few more things, but on Twitter, if you go to that search bar and type in NU5 upgrade or Halo 2 or Zcash NU5 upgrade, you'll see a bunch of brilliant minds talking about how awesome this tech is and what it means to the entire crypto space. Um, so that's what I would say to the, the, the tech question. And then, you know, Zcash, the other beef with people is this, um, this fee, right? This founders, founders reward fee where certain supply is put back into Zcash and the ECC. Well, to me, what people look at as stealing or greed, I look at it as like, oh, well, that's creating a really cool network effect that has the potential to attract, you know, some of the brightest minds in the space. And as our next bull run occurs and as the prices start to go up, you know, this is going to pay for a lot of the work that other projects 
you know, are hanging by a thread, so to speak. Um, on. So those are two or three really cool things that in the, in the tech sector that I'm bullish on and that, you know, excite me and that people out there could look deeper into. Yeah, this is great. I mean, even um, the conversations I've had with some folks in the Monero community, they do point to a lot of the tech innovations in Zcash and say like, yeah, they're ahead in many places than Monero. Uh, if you, you're curious, we had a great talk with, um, if you look under um, Monero NFTs on, on this channel, uh, we had a great talk with Donnelly who covered a lot of the technical details from the Monero perspective. Um, and so that's something you can kind of go and, and look at in contrast. Um, but I'm, I'm curious though, because one of the points that they did bring up was this notion of a spam attack on Zcash. Where yeah. You can, you can sort of, uh, yeah, maybe you can explain that to a little, a little bit more for us and, and you know, how Zcash is handling that. Yeah. So, you know, somebody says, Oh, Zcash blockchain is under a spam attack. Nobody can use it. And I say, well, I just did use it. Um, and how about you go use it? And then what's your Z address? Oh, you don't have a Z address, so how do you know that it's not working? Well, here, download this, and I'll send you a little bit of Zach, right? Um, and then the argument I've heard is a little bit different than it's it's not working. It's more along yeah. the lines of it's increasing dramatically the size of the blockchain, uh, which over time will make it more and more cost prohibitive to run a full node yourself, uh, which then could affect the decentralization of the network. Yes. Yeah, so there's an upgrade coming where this is going to be resolved. And there's a really good account, um, Aditya. He's the founder of the Nighthawk wallet. He has a tweet with the, um, the how and why and this is going to happen. And I'm going to try to find it so you can pin and link in the description. Before we get off and remind me if I forget, I'm looking for it now, actually, um, and I think I've bypassed it. But there's an upgrade coming up that's going to solve this spam attack. Okay, that, that's awesome. Yeah, and when, when you do find it, for folks who may be watching a little later, I'll put yeah. all these links down into the description below so you, you can follow along. I think it's it's great that they've already solved that, that particular issue. Um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Thor. Well, I don't think it's solved yet, but I think it's coming in an upcoming upgrade. Awesome, and I'll, awesome. And I'll share the details of that. And uh, I should know that off the top of my head, but I don't. But I do know that an upgrade's coming that will solve it. Cool. Also, just want to say hi to Brian. Uh, Brian's always great to, to have you here. Brian's a former uh, colleague of mine in a crypto company. So, yeah, great to have you here. Um, the other uh, concern I've heard about uh, Zcash relates to this idea that it's got a fairly high inflation right now. Um, now, I think if I understand correctly, it's following the same kind of inflation inflation curve as Bitcoin, just offset by a few years. So it's up at like 10% or so at the moment. Yeah. And I think the there's a halving coming up in under 80 days where, let's see, the next Zcash halving. There's this, there's this site that I forget that like has a halving countdown. And it's going to happen somewhere in 2024. I think 80 at block 2,092,800, there's 94,000 blocks left. So around 81 days, the inflation will cut in half. And then I had a pretty good tweet about Zcash um, and the halving comparing it to Bitcoin 
Um, and then he, here's another thing, right? Like, unlike USD, the Z-Clash inflation rate is getting cut in half, right? It was 25% before the halving occurred in uh, 2021. Now it's 12.5%. And then it'll be like 6.2% in four years. So this is nothing new. And this is kind of what I like to call like lazy FUD where people really aren't doing that deep dive I spoke about prior. It's like Zcash went from $25 pre-halving to $375 post-halving on the last halving, right? Um, yeah. We've got so, some, some thoughts here from Zero Dots who's saying yeah. that it's wrong on most sites and that it's at the end of 2024. I, I don't know how true or not that is, but uh, just a comment from chat. Yeah. What did he say? Are you saying it's the end of 2024 and John is saying um, ZEC pages having countdown is, is the correct one. Let me see if I can actually find that for us. Cool. Thank you. Hey, what's up? Zero to, all right. I just clicked the comments. I was in the private chat. This is so cool. Um, yeah. What's up? Zero darts. And I wouldn't be surprised if that data is wrong. So zero darts is on top of his game. And yeah, this so is this a, is, is this, this ZEC pages? Really cool yeah, this is another really cool part of the Zcash community, Zec pages. Uh, where would I find the the having countdown? Um, not having actually been to this page before. Let's see. I wasn't even I would search in that search having. I'm loving the screen share function. <laughs> yeah, this is live. We, we bring you everything we can do. <laughs> uh, um, or maybe just type in Google Zec pages having countdown. That's the forum, but yeah, four months, five days. And no matter who's saying this, this is like dependent on a few outside factors, right? Like it's not going to be set in stone regardless. Yeah, so maybe um, if some if someone does have the actual date uh, date that we should look at, if you want to share a link, uh, you know, tag me in, in, in Twitter. I'm a technology poet on Twitter, and I'll make sure to get that uh, correct information there as well. Um, John also has a comment here about cost prohibitive um, and, and the uh, excessive ORCID action transactions. Um, mm. And so it looks like that's the thing that's being resolved. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you know, personally, I'm a little sensitive to blockchains growing large because we see how that goes wrong with things like Solana, where it's not even really possible now to to have a full node unless you've got you know terabytes of storage, um, and it's just beginning. Uh, you know, I'm thinking blockchain yeah, really, is something we, we want for the next hundred years. Sorry, go ahead, though. No, I'm going to see if I could find this uh, a DTR tweet real quick, um, and I'm probably just have to type in his name and then. Um, spam. Let's see. Oh, yeah. And if you just ping me on, on on Twitter, I can then screen share the the link that you have. Yeah. Uh, and while we're waiting for Thor, if you are in chat and you have a question or a, or a comment or insight about Zcash, uh, please please pop it below. We've we've got a few more minutes to go for this, and uh, you know I can say at least uh, my experience so far, I've learned a couple things about Zcash that I didn't know. Um, and so it definitely looks more promising than what I anticipated coming into this discussion. Yeah. And, you know, I'm still learning too. 
um, even as super bullish and everything I have going on, I'm learning new things every day with these upgrades. And Zcash even has these um, abortist, uh, aber I forget how to pronounce it. I'll post the link, but there's calls with the developers um, that are open to the public. And I've sat in uh, on a few of them. And I don't understand like, 80% of the things going on and being said, but every so like the more repetitive and consistent I sit on them, like I pick up things and that's a very other cool feature of like, Oh, any, you're interested in this. You can sit on, sit in and hear what the developers are working on. Yeah. And I think that's something for, for everyone who's maybe following along with this conversation. And a lot of what, you know, Thor has been saying is maybe over your head. Um, this is a place where, you know, if this is the first time you're hearing it, maybe it's okay. You don't fully understand it. Um, if it's interesting, keep digging in. The second, third, fourth time that you're approached with a concept, your brain will start to make those connections. Um, and that's why we talk about education a lot on the show. Exactly. It's very important. Because this is all new stuff, and it's evolving like right in front of our eyes, right? So like yesterday's price isn't today's price. And that's talking about more than just price. You know, that's talking about tech. That's talking about features that's talking about you know the the what a, a lot of other people should look into is the gartner hype cycle right and everyone wants to compare stuff to the dot-com bubble and it's like you had pets.com priceline negotiators all these silly stupid <laughs> websites that were like mooning so to speak um that weren't sustainable or realistic you could kind of compare that to the JPEGs and the NFTs, right? And the Doge coins. Right now, still to this day, we're a little bit still in this hype cycle, right? The, the casual investor, the retail, the masses, they want Dogecoin to go to a dollar, right? They don't, they don't care that everyone can see how much Dogecoin they have. They just want to get rich and have fun and post memes. Um, and they're not even thinking about these things. And... It's the genius developers and the scientists and cryptographers at the places like John Hopkins, MIT, UC Berkeley, all these places that are quietly thinking and building these things. And you kind of need more of the, the salespeople and the influencer people and the cool people, quote unquote, even though everyone's cool in their own way. You kind of need these more mainstream people to speak up about this. Right. So like. If I'm in a studio in New York City and there's some like famous rapper types of people's there, oh, Bitcoin, Doge, you know, I'm investing in crypto. Well, then the conversation is like, okay, can I send you $5 in Bitcoin? And they're like, yeah, send it. And I'm like, all right, congratulations. I now know exactly how much Bitcoin you have and where you've been sending it and who you've receiving. And then it's like, oh, crap, that's not cool. It's like, yeah, well what's your Z address? Cause I could send you Z cash. And the only people that are going to know about that is me and you it's literally digital cash. Right. And then the light bulb starts to go off and people start to, the other comparison is Venmo on public, right? Only insane people use Venmo on public, right? Because it's like, you'd rather people not know because everyone has somebody that might owe them money or is going to judge them for spending money somewhere. And it's like, uh, you know, but if, but if you do want the people to know that's your, that's your right, right. It's your consent. Right. So that's the, the important thing here is consent, 
right? That's what matters. Like you should have a choice. And with Bitcoin, with Ethereum, with Doge, with Solana, with a lot of these other protocols, you don't have a choice. And that's not an issue until it is. And we're not wrong about this. We're just super early about this. Yeah, I, I love that perspective. Um, also want to pop what, what John says here about the forum. So if you know you are looking for something on ZEC pages, apparently, you know, folks there are pretty friendly. Um, and you you uh, you know have a chance to get help from people who know what's going on. So take advantage of that if if this is interesting. Like this is the start maybe of your your rabbit hole uh, that, that other people are going down from from the viewer perspective. Um, Thor, do you have um, thoughts on proof of work versus proof of stake? Yeah. So my first thought is like let's bypass all the the tech talk and go straight to you know the go green initiative and the the climate change narrative and the powers that be that the same powers that be that want to cancel gasoline and fossil fuels they want to cancel proof of work and mm. okay there's some good arguments that bitcoin um isn't doing that just like there's good arguments that fossil fuels aren't doing that but at the end of the day as we know these people don't care about like what what is real or what is right like they're the writing is on the wall right uh tesla's getting incentivized uh ev electric vehicles are going to be the future gasoline is a problem uh, this proof of work thing is a problem it's funny i had um i have a cousin in his early 20s who's a gamer and a video game developer. And I had this web three founder and company looking for a game developer. And I said, yeah, my cousin's a developer and he builds video games. Like, let me call him. So I call him up and I'm like, Hey man, you know, I got this job paying six figures, uh, mid six figures. And they wanted this game developed. And his answer was, I hate Bitcoin and I hate crypto and it's bad for the environment and it's bad for artists. And I was like, I'm 38 years old. He's 23, 24. I'm thinking this conversation would go like the opposite way. Right? <laughs> I was shocked that he hated crypto. And his answer was, it's bad for the environment. And to me, that was like a rude awakening of like, oh, my God, there's a large group of this younger generation that, you know, for better or worse, whether it's right or wrong, they believe this and there's nothing you can tell them. Like I tried to show him like the data of like what he was saying isn't really realistic and that it's not that bad as he thinks it is and that uh, all these other things he's doing are way worse. It didn't matter right it's bad for the environment it's bad for artists um and then the other side of that there's a really good we went to the zcon conference in las vegas and zuko actually did a really great talk on proof of stake and we could post that in the description here too where the 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 benefits um to me as a holder as a zottler i love the concept of proof of stake because I kind of have more skin in the game, right? I kind of have more skin in the game. And then I'm looking forward to this place of where I can stake my coins, right? And maybe earn some passive income or earn a yield. Um, and then right now, part of the reason of this, um, the price 
depreciation and the price kind of being stagnant is Zcash miners always having to sell right away to keep up with their mining mm -hmm. operation, right? To just break even. Well, that'll also eliminate that issue. And we should theoretically see a big increase in price um, if that occurs. And then it's like, hey, um, if enough people have a problem with something, it's a problem, whether I whether I agree with it or not. Right. Um, and there's very little benefit of me resisting and, and hanging on um, for dear life and being stubborn in old school. Um, so it's another thing where, you know, it looks like the community is going to make the decision. It's up to the community. It looks like Zcash will switch to proof of stake. And it's something I'm very excited and looking forward to. That, that's a, an unexpected uh, view. I, I had expected you to come down more strongly on, on proof of work because a lot of the folks I talked to, you know, there's something about proof of work as far as security and decentralization that they point to as a head of proof of stake. So, you know, just interesting that you're uh, constantly through the conversation, threading the balance and, and kind of looking at both sides and, and finding the middle way. Um, and that's something I very much value about your perspective on all of this. Thank you. And here's the thing too, right? Like a lot of these questions are unanswered. A lot of these problems are unsolved and it's kind of silly for us to play these like circle jerk games of like, I'm right, you're wrong. This is right. That's wrong. It's like the future is going to say who's right and who's wrong. Right. And time will tell who's right and who's wrong. So like, let's make the best of this thing while we're here and everyone's building it. So it's, uh, you know, and let's not waste time arguing over who's right and who's wrong. And like Bruce Slate, Bruce Lee said, you got to be like water. You know, you got to adapt. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And, um, you know, just a comment from Zero Dots here that maybe one of the other reasons gamers hate crypto is because it made GPUs so expensive. Um, I, <laughs> I know like That's PlayStation and Xbox took like a couple of years before you could actually buy it, not off eBay secondhand. So it's crazy. My cousin didn't even follow me back on Twitter after this conversation. I was like heartbroken of like, oh. I'm like, this is my younger cousin. He's supposed to be the crypto whiz and the Web3 guy. Like, I shouldn't be the one educating the young. But then I realized there's a lot of the younger generation that are thinking this way, you know? What well, points and to the power of the media and, and having control and narratives pushed through the media and how dangerous it can be to our ability to critically think. Exactly. And then on the other side, a lot of the older generation is thinking this way, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm not going to invest in this thing. You know, um, newsflash, this thing is coming whether we like it or not. You know, so we might as well work with it, learn about it and steer it in a direction for the greater good of society and humanity. Not just sit back with our hands on our butts, you know, saying this thing's bad, you know. We got to participate and we got to communicate and we got to educate, you know, so and you see the great investors. They know they say, hey, I want to find out about this thing, so, you know, like I started buying NFTs, not only because my friends were messaging me, hey, buy this NFT um, and I like to support my friends, but it was like, I can't talk about this thing until I use this thing and try this thing. Right. Because then I'm just being hypocritical and naive and exactly going against my ethos of what I'm talking about. And it was like and I and ironically, that's what allowed me to make money on NFTs, because I 
already went in it with this like inclination of like, I don't like this thing and this is whack. Mm. Right. But then I got into it and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And oh, look at that. And like, oh, it's kind of like a, a mystery where you don't know what you're going to get. And like, and then I started to be like, ooh, you know, I get it now. Um, and then with that said, I was like, but I still have another thesis um, that I'm really attached to. Let me sell these things and buy more Zek. And I did a tweet. Uh, at almost the top of the market where I said, I'm selling all my NFTs and buying Zcash. And people were like, you're crazy. And that was stupid and crazy. But now majority of those NFTs are at zero and will never come back. And I think Zcash in the next cycle will eventually you know, come back. It's one of the OG dino coins, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, and it's been impressive to see how many of those OGs are, are, are still around. I mean, we talked about Monero, Dogecoin is there, Litecoin is still doing its thing. Um, surprisingly resilient from the price perspective. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about your role uh, with, with Zcash. So you're a community uh, advisor. Uh, what does that involve? Yeah, I'm on the Zcap. It's the community advisory panel. If you go to Zcap, uh, I think it's Zcap let's see here what the website is zcap.org i believe or zfnd so that stands for zcash foundation um and it's the zcash community advisory panel guess who else is on the zcash community advisory panel edward snowden close who do, you, who do you think the biggest name, the most famous popular name on the Zcash community advisory panel is? I mean, famous, I would think someone like Phil Zimmerman would be a person. Vitalik Buterin. Really? Vitalik <laughs> Buterin is on Zcap. What, is that, what does that tell you? I mean, it and says it's, that there's something there to be considered, at least. Yeah. And he's actually tweeted, if you're looking for privacy, look no further than Zcash. And he's actually tweeted many times of this world where ETH and Zcash are kind of in this symbiotic relationship and you have ETH wrapped in Zek, which is a really cool use case. Um, and I have this funny T-shirt on Zekware because Vitalik Buterin was wearing a Zcash T-shirt. So I put Vitalik Buterin wearing a Zcash T-shirt on a T-shirt. Um, so you can you can wear a T-shirt with Vitalik Buterin wearing a Zcash T-shirt, which is pretty okay. Cool. Let, let's go have a look at that. Is this this one over here? It is the vital set. <laughs> Dang, he looks young in that picture. That's real. He wasn't. Nobody held a gun to him to do that. That is not photoshopped. That's actually really him. And then if you go back to the Zcash advisory panel, not to get too off topic and and toot our own Zekware horn. He's a, he's a member and we get basically, um, we have votes where certain topics come up and a, an email is sent out and we get to vote on, you know, monumental decisions um, that occur. And if you don't vote, you kind of get kicked out and then it's kind of a referral program. Um, and it's this kind of another awesome part of the Zcash ecosystem is this Zcash foundation and especially these Zcash grants um, to even touch on a cooler thing, if that's even possible than Zcap, these grants, 
you know, builders out there in Web3, if you're listening and you think Zcash is awesome and zero knowledge proofs are going to be a huge factor in the future, which they are, apply for a Zcash grant. You know, they're, they're funding a lot of cool stuff. Um, and a grant is like a loan that you don't have to pay back if you didn't, if you didn't know that. It's basically free money for building something awesome. And it's just another network effect of Zcash. And they have, now they're coming out with this new thing, the minor grants program to fund smaller grants that contribute to the foundation's goal of financial privacy. Because the goal, right, is to just bring the world financial privacy, this important human rights thing in this digital age. You know, if you go to ECC, like their mission statement, is like a beautiful thing, right? It's like, check out their, their mission statement on the, on the um, empowering economic freedom. You know, our mission to provide everyone access to a fair and open currency. This is hard digital cash. This is digital cash where if I send you, Zach, to your Z address, only you and I know about it. And by the way, I can send you a, a memo in the in the memo field i can write you a little message which i tell people there's i don't care signal telegram anything you write on the internet pretend like it can be broadcasted on a billboard in times square right if you're writing it online it's not 100 percent safe but then i tell people the the safest way to possibly communicate is in the zcash c to z address memo field that's the safest way to communicate um, in an encrypted manner, in my opinion. So who's going to build like the Z to Z memo field telegram or signal app, right? Where it's like, or is Zcash going to be, you know, I've heard whispers that signal and or telegram are talking about maybe Im implementing Zcash um, as a payment system on their, their app, right? It's like, just how everybody is going to signal and telegram to talk in private. You don't think they're going to go to Zcash, Monero, Pirate Chain to store their wealth in private? Like, this is just as important, if not more important. So, you know, this is another narrative shift. Like, this is another talking point of like, oh, you use telegram and signal? Well, then why don't you use Zcash? Hmm. You know, what's the difference? Someone asked me one time is like, what will it take for people to wake up? And I said, uh, when someone famous has a privacy disaster and you realize that, oh, crap, that could happen to me. And I think we're, we're almost at the point where the narrative's ready to be talked about. See now, and that happened, but it happened to Stefan Moulinox, I think his name is. And he was kind of like a right wing YouTuber guy. And he got doxxed. Um, his whole Bitcoin exposed. And because he was kind of like not a friendly and not a good guy, quote unquote, no one really cared that much. Right. So it didn't make. And my whole thing is like, listen, I don't care if I agree with you politically. Like, you know, I'm pretty tolerant. Like, OK, you might have an insane view that I don't agree with, but like, I appreciate your right to express that. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, like go on and do that thing. Right. As long as you're not hurting or threatening anyone. Um, so you hit it right on the head. Like, who's going to be the first person? Maybe it's a politician who's 
paying for prostitutes in Bitcoin or something like that. You know? <laughs> like, like, and remember Biden's whole Venmo got exposed? Uh, yeah, don't follow politics as, as much, but it Yeah, and like no one no one seemed to care. So my answer to that is when the masses come online to Web3. You know, I think only 5% of the world is using crypto right now. So it's like no one cares yet because it's not been put to, you know, put up to the test, so to speak. Yeah. Once more and more people adopt, once more and more incidences of, of doxing and, and people getting. And, you know, sad but true when the media makes it a priority and when the media tells people that this is important. Right. Because like important things happen all the time. And for better or worse, the media still has a lot of power in like make like look at these um the east palestine ohio train derailment chemical spill right like they had the power to make this into a colossal event that was horrible and deserved all this attention or they have the power to kind of like put it on the back page of the paper mm. and like people not pay attention as much so i think we got some time left before this but in in my humble opinion, I envision a day where zero knowledge proofs and Zcash are literally on the cover of Time magazine, you know, as like a person of the year type of article as like a Nobel, a Nobel Peace Prize winning technology that literally has the power to save humanity from this Orwellian nightmare and this social credit system. And here's the other thing, guys, like everybody on Twitter and IG IG especially, these influencer posts, they love talking about these CBDCs and how it's going to be the end of the world as we know it, but then they never like talking about solutions. So all these videos on IG go viral of like, oh, digital currency is going to kill us all and it's a surveillance state and say no to it. And I'm like, well, yeah, but no, there's a solution, right? So let's, in the same breath and conversation, let's talk about the solution in the tech and, and start using it. Yeah. That's how we, we make the solution come to life, right? Using yeah. it. Let's spend some time talking about ZECware. Um, so tell us a little bit about what this is, um, you know, how you're related to it. Yeah. So I'm kind of like a domain hoarder on the side. So right away when I started loving Zcash and investing, you know, I'm a big proponent in like, there's more than one way to invest in a coin or a project. Like, for a lot of people out there who may not have large amounts of capital to invest, especially in this bear market, you can invest in other ways, right? You can, this is the beauty of decentralization too. And luckily the folks at ECC and Zcash, you know, granted me permission to go ahead and use the logo and use the name um, to create this thing. I'm like, Hey, I have Zekware.com. I think the people should wear Zek. I think the t-shirt is such a powerful way to spread an influence, right? You're at a party and you're wearing the vital Zek tee or the privacy is a superpower tee. That's a conversation starter, right? People are going to say, hey, what's that? Oh, this is Zcash. Yeah, this is kind of funky. So we, had, um, we have another website called Zek.art where we commissioned artists to make Zcash art pieces, right? So, and eventually there's going to be ZSAs, uh, shielded assets. Uh-oh, we have a broken link here, folks. We've got a broken link. I got to get on that. Um, so I kind of took these pieces 
And I started this with a friend of mine who was in the community who um, he left. He left the community. And I, I, I won't mention his name out of um, unless he wants me to. But he kind of left and he was like, hey, you know, do what you want with this thing. So we were doing it as an experiment, commission our pieces. We're going to commission more. Yeah, see, this is really funky and cool. So I was like, why don't we take these? See, we should put this one on a T-shirt. I think I'll do that tomorrow, the Zcash bar. Um, so artists out there, if you want to create a piece and we put it on Zekware, I'd be happy to split the profits with you. Um, right now, we're like not that profitable. I think it's like maybe a couple hundred or so a month. But as this picks up in the next bull cycle, I'm and I'm doing this on Teespring, so it's print on demand, um, which sucks in a way because I'm not able to take Zek as a payment. I had tried to do this with Shopify, and I built a beautiful Shopify site, and. I was able to take payments in Zek. The only problem was I had to uh, dish out the money up front for everything. So it ended up becoming like a nightmare where I was constantly getting charged out of my own like bank account for everything. And I was like, let me just go back to keep this simple. Um, so those out there listening who are like, you don't accept Zek and you're not support. Like that's, that's a plan for the future. Like I am in no ways, I'm pretty much breaking even on this thing. So like, I don't want people to think like I'm this capitalist guy coming to steal the money from this deck community. Like it's more like a project of like, Hey, we're having fun. Let's spread the message of this thing. Let's wear Zek. That's the mission statement. Let the people wear Zek. Um, Love it. Then I have this vision of like, how can we implement tech and fashion and like, intertwine Zcash and digital assets into the clothing. So that, that'll be like a cool use case. Um, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for showing the people that. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, so if you're interested in any of this, uh, zekware.com is the place to go. Um, lastly, you know, I know we're, we're coming up on time here, but I did want to talk a little bit about how crypto in general and uh, life improvement beyond crypto kind of come together. I see a lot of your posts on Twitter around kind of improving life, improving neuroplasticity, all sorts of interesting things that, that seem that they could be related to crypto. And I'm curious, you know, if they are and if you could share more about your life improvement philosophies. Yeah, so... I'm kind of on this, like, you know, as we speak about the balance of the balance of all things, um, we are getting super dependent on tech and we are staring at these blue light screens for way too long. I know I am. Um, I'm becoming pretty addicted to my smartphone and it's like fire, right? You can use it to cook a beautiful meal for your family or you can use it to burn someone's whole house down. So it's like, how do we use these things? And then on top of that, how do we keep our manual analog connection where our hands grow our brains? Um, so it's like, okay, a daily practice. How can I implement things to keep me off these screens? So I can go for a 45-minute run. Boom, not on my screen. I can, for 30 minutes to an hour, I can do my penmanship drills where we use our non-dominant hand in my case, it's my left hand to write mirror image cursive penmanship, which studies have shown that activates neurogenesis in the right hemisphere of the brain. So 
depend no matter what age you are you can increase the plasticity of your brain the myelin sheath of your brain and this is a great preventative for alzheimer's a great preventative for dementia and a great preventative for the problem which is this hippocampus deterioration of this blue light generation where we're constantly seeing these two to three second images being edited in live time with violence and negative headlines. Um, so it's kind of like going to your mental garden, going to, you know, um, the forest, so to speak. And then the hammer drills that I've been doing where you can start with a 16 ounce rubber mallet and a tennis ball and you just bounce it up and down. You just bounce it up and down. I actually have it. I have a hammer and a golf ball right here. You want to see it? Yeah, go ahead. You guys didn't know you were getting a full show here. Uh, welcome to Just Crypto. <laughs> Please like and subscribe. Do all the YouTube things. Um, go ahead, Dor. The hammer and the golf ball. And now that's my right hand. But when I do it with my left hand, that's when I'm really activating the right hemisphere of my brain. And the neurogenesis and the new synapses are being formed. And I'm also getting muscle density, bone density. Ooh, and I just broke my laptop. <laughs> um, so this is like, okay, this is a preventative and a combative for this digital age we're living in. Um, how can that relate to crypto and Web3? That's a great question, right? Um, you know, how can we incentivize people to use their hands more to write in penmanship how can those two worlds combined um, if it's like a, a staking protocol of like a community of weirdos like myself who like to bounce golf balls on hammers? Um, that's a great question. I don't know. I have to think about that. And or maybe someone in the comment section can say, how can we implement this analog and, and digital world? Let's ask ChatGBT. <laughs> full digital giving us control um so you yeah. know i thought I'd, i just love the journey that you've taken us on um i've learned yeah. more about zcash i hope you know all the folks watching have as well um and i really appreciate your openness to different alternatives to different communities um is there anything else you'd like to share with the community before we close um i want to thank you for having me on this was awesome I knew like we followed each other and I that you were awesome, but I didn't even really knew, know that you had your own show. Um, so good luck to you and I'm, I'll be Thank happy you. to promote it to people. And kudos to you for being open-minded and like bringing on other opinions. Um, I think everyone should have a time to shine and, and to grab the mic and speak about, you know, what they're passionate about in this space. And with that said, I'm still learning, you know, I'm like a, uh, a noob at this thing too and it's funny because my friends who aren't in this thing at all look at me like i'm an expert in this thing right and like i'm looking at my friends in this thing like you guys are the real experts and like i'm trying to learn from you um but that's an important relationship that i can be the bridge to kind of the people who aren't in this thing and you know kind of be a, a an influencer for good in that manner and we don't know what's going to happen yet, right? We still have a lot of time left in this thing. People are still building amazing tech and we have to have a little bit of patience and we have to learn from history. Um, like I said earlier, the 
you had up until 2010 to invest in Amazon before it started mooning, right? Naval said uh, it takes around 10 years, you know, for most companies. Um, but we live in this ADD, ADDH generation where it's like, what have you done for me lately? Flavor of the week. You know, how quick can this thing moon? And sometimes we have, there's a place for that, right? There's a place to, you know, okay, you you got to think about like, what are you really investing? Why? What's your thesis? Why are you really investing in this thing? Is it just to make quick money? Well, okay, cool, maybe, but like start to think long-term, start to zoom out and ask yourself, where is this thing going to be in five, 10, 15 years? Um, there's a really good book called The Psychology of Money, where there's this part where he's like, there's this janitor who ends up retiring with like millions of dollars. And all he did was like dollar cost average, all these stocks. And then he compares it to this like billionaire hedge fund manager who lost everything and killed himself. Right. And he's like, on one side, this guy went to Harvard business school and was a billionaire. On the other side, you have a high school dropout janitor. Well, the janitor retired more wealthy because he was just quietly dollar cost averaging, investing in these long-term tech and use cases. And if you looked at him on the surface level, you wouldn't have, you would have walked right past him, right? And you would have listened to this business school graduate. But the difference between the business school, Harvard graduate, billionaire hedge fund guy was he didn't know when enough was enough, right? And the, the janitor had something that a lot of people don't have, and that's enough. You know, and that's kind of like a thesis and a vision and a kind of staying to the course. And I know it's tough for people out there right now, especially in this bear market. And it's some people are desperate and they're kind of acting on impulses and they're like, hurry up. Let's have this next moon mission. And I just need to get back to where my NFT went from $50 to 5000 in three weeks. Um and start to think like, hey, this next bull run might look a little different, right? There might be um, some new tech on the horizons that are going to be front and center. And, oh, maybe it's for a great reason for the benefit of humanity. And maybe I should start thinking more about, you know, just my pockets and a, and a quick come up and more about how the world's going to look and feel for our children and their children. I couldn't think of a better way uh, to end it. Thank you, Thor. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And we'll see you all later. Cheers. Thanks so much. Cheers.